I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm one half of your hosting team. I'm Stu Whiffing. Christopher Glasson is missing in action. Generally a concern um, when that happens. Um, not for his well-being, but for the well-being of um, others. Uh, so, the task of this intro is now in my incapables. So, this was one we recorded um, just a few weeks back at the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. So, thank you to those lovely people over there for consistently letting us turn up with a couple of microphones and a and a bundle of guests and, and perching up and recording for hours on end. Thank you so, so much. Today's guest is Pierre Novelli. So... Pierre was someone that Scroobius Pip met with and saw performing his stand-up and went, hit this guy up, he's great. So we hit that guy up and he was great. And you're about to find out just how great he is because he's today's guest. So before we get on with the podcast, uh, a few shout-outs to 76 First, who's a long-suffering, long-time producer um, he's got all his own beats and bits and pieces uh, for using his own. He's got a Patreon page as well, so go over there and, and, and check all of that out. And when I mention Patreon, it seems ludicrous that I don't mention the Hardcore Listing Patreon page. Um, www.patreon, patreon.com forward slash Hardcore Listing. Go over there. There's about 50 podcasts you can get stuck into that the general public have never heard, including the recent one that we recorded on the same day as this one with the wonderful Gail Porter. So that's exclusively for the Patreon. So head over there and from as little as, I think it's 79p a month, you're, you're, you're helping us out and you're, you're back in the calls and the journey of us trying to uh, achieve pod domination. Right, I think that's it. So big shout-outs quickly to our sponsors, uh, Bang Boom Creative. If you want to see a snapshot of some of the, the uh, stuff, I'm sure Luke turns around super quick. He's just the weekly little skits that he does for us for um, our social media, and they're just brilliant. Um, and I'm sure if you go and check out his website, um, then I'm very sure there's a showreel of, of his work that he's absolutely incredible. Um, absolute top guy and... Um, is one half of our sponsorship duo, the other one being Charles at Love Beer. So those guys, long-term sponsors and friends, and we'll be returning to do some episodes soon as well because they're also great guests and you guys say nice things about them. Right, on with the podcast, let's do it. Please enjoy Hard Listening Podcast with Mr. Pierre Novelli. Hello, 
It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Right, we are recording. Good morning, Stuart Wiffen. Hello, Christopher Glasson. It's a. Um, it's, it's not too bad. The sun's trying to get through. It's uh, it's an early start. It's uh, we, we don't generally do too many podcasts first thing in the morning, but no. um, we're too rock and roll, aren't we? Normally, probably gets bed at six. I mean, I, I was in bed at about quarter past ten last night. Oh, slept like a baby. Yeah, yeah. Got up this morning. Had a you still look rough though this morning. Yeah, I know. That's. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? I've got I've got a level with you. Um, a couple of years ago, someone bought me this thing for Christmas, which was um, like this kind of makeup style thing, which was like a kind of a powder makeup. sort of thing, <laughs> but with a brush yeah. that you put on your hair to, to hide the grey. <laughs> and I never used what? it. Like it's only like yeah. a thing that you just put on it; it just yeah. falls out throughout the day. Paint. Like. Yeah. But I shit you not, on Saturday I was bored, so I decided <laughs> I'd, I'd paint my beard. <laughs> fucking hell, it looked fucking Was it shocking. really dark? Was it really dark? Yeah. So it looked, it, it, it looked, it, you look like, like a Hollywood celebrity who's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did not look right. It, no. like, was it David Guest? Was that his yes, name? Like, that's, that's what, what I looked like. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I looked like kind of. I looked like David Guest had let himself go. Can you do that and then post it on Instagram for everyone. Sure, okay. That's yeah, fucking, right. what a treat, what a treat. Because <laughs> your Saturday was as boring as mine, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, mate? rubbish, so. absolutely yeah, rubbish. Okay, all right. So, I'll leave you to introduce this morning's guest. Yeah, our guest today is Pierre Novelli, who, I had to double check how to pronounce that, <laughs> yeah, before we started, but hello, mate. Hey, man, how are you guys doing? Good, good, and all thank right. you. Are you all right? I'm all right, yeah. I've had some caffeine, so. Good. You know. Good. Do you want some more? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah, we can sort that. We can sort that. So, Scribbis Pip yeah. um, is the, the guy that went, I saw this guy live. He's, he's matched us, yeah. And uh, you, you've got to go and chat to him. You need to get him on. Oh, that's very so, nice of him. Uh, yeah. So The um, things I had to do to that man to get him to say <laughs> that on my behalf. <laughs> so, where was it? He, he saw you. You were aware of where he came to? Where? Well, we did a thing, this weird gig together, which is called Wi-Fi Wars. So have you ever seen Go 8-Bit on, on Dave? I have. Um, it's no. like a video game like a panel show. But like, oh, they like play right, video games right. and stuff. Yep. Now, the guys who invented that, I think like the live version or a, a, a similar show, but a different one or whatever it is, copyright-wise, I don't know. Yeah. But there's Wi-Fi Wars by the same guy, Steve McNeil. And he hosts it and he gets his friends or comedians or whatever to come on. Yep. And so me and uh, Scroobius Pip were playing um, fun video games against each other and stuff. And... Uh, uh, sort of like um, console games and stuff like that on a big projector and there's all this complex voting system. Anyway, there's a bit where they have to change stuff around. So I did like 10 minutes of stand-up. And so whether he liked it or not, he was in the room. <laughs> he had to put up with it. <laughs> and sit there nervously laughing. Yeah. And it was a room full of people who are the kind of people who want to watch other people play video games live. Yeah. You know, yeah. my people. Yeah, <laughs> real dorks. And uh, my material is wasn't like, it's not like rude or anything, but it's about it's pretty spicy stuff these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for this is for the new Edinburgh show, the, right. new, the new show I'm working on, and um, it's not like rude. It's just that it makes people tense, <laughs> which is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was the material I thought I'd unload on them. So I'm glad Scroobius liked it. If you 
Aside from him, did it go down to everyone else? Uh, some people were v- visibly perturbed. <laughs> and so, oh, so that's, that's my favourite form of comedy. Oh, damn! And some people were really were getting into it, and it's all a, it's a, like um, there's a routine about me like trying and failing to make like a video for a suicide prevention charity and stuff and some stuff about <laughs> ISIS and you know the usual stuff you'd just quickly say yeah. in a 10 minute interval <laughs> in a video game show brilliant yeah well as, as the podcast unfolds we'll um, we'll talk about uh, your, your, your career in comedy and, and how it's come to sure. um, how it come about and uh, yeah, yeah. What, you, what you've got um, coming Soon as well. Well, Pip, Pip was telling me about when you guys were playing computer games the other night because he came round uh, yesterday because I bought uh, a PS4 last night with VR. And nice. while we were chatting about that, and he he's got Nish Kumar who you work with. Mm-hmm. He's Pip's podcasting with him today, I believe. No, yeah, shit. yeah, it's a small world. And yeah. uh, but while I was on the phone to Shu last night, we were doing a, we were playing VR, and I think it was a game called Super Hot. And I'm trying to have a, a discussion with Stu, and one of my friends literally lamp punches me full blown in the side of the oh, head because I was sat too close to him while he was doing <laughs> VR. But um, yeah, so no, we 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 are a big fan of games and, and and the whatnot. So he said he had a really great time. Uh, it was a lot of playing fun games with you, mate. So, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. What's your top five? My top five uh, is the uh, top five revenge films. Decent. Yeah. Very good. And uh, by revenge films, I mean, uh, it's, it's like a pretty broad f- sort of phrasing there, but uh, those kind of films where the entire plot is structured around uh, revenge and it, they can range from being like really dumb, very dumb, just yeah. like uh, that kind of thing in Taken where it's like, oh, Liam Neeson's killed most of Paris by yeah, now. Like, yeah. There's no one left in Paris. He's just, he's murdered them all. And it's all fine. And no one seems interested in catching him or yeah, stopping him. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as an elderly man doing all of this <laughs> as well. It's, it's, it's the revenge threat in Taken that everyone just loved, wasn't yeah. it? It's like when you, I have a very specific set of skills. It's yeah. like, yes. And what's amazing is that you sort of think like, I wonder how many, I always wonder how many people are, because he's, what, what is he supposed to be? They always make them like, oh, I'm ex-CIA or yeah, I'm ex-whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I always look at that and go, I know like a lot of people in, in the secret services are just like, in, you know, language analysts and yeah. stuff. <laughs> His specific set of skills yeah. is that he's just, he speaks four languages <laughs> really well. <laughs> he's just like, well, I'll ask a lot of questions over four times as many people. <laughs> and I'll know the correct form of polite address because I went to university and I studied Albanian. Just that's it. It's no murdering, that's it. Highly trained in IT. Yeah. Uh, IT, negotiation, <laughs> HR. Ta- tax fraud, <laughs> I'll get HR. you. Medi- mediating, <laughs> what would you like? I'll see if I can do that. I told oh, you I'd get you. Yeah. And then you can get really complicated ones or really like uh, some intellectual ones. Like um, my, t- my top one is, is one of those where it's like, oh no, they really, they try and make it seem like, oh, what would it actually be like if you had to, if you had to do this? Like, can you imagine if someone <laughs> said to you, you can't help it, but by the way, you have to take down a branch of the Russian mob. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Shit. I'm not sure if I'm that angry. Yeah. You go, oh, you know, I feel I'm already calming down now that you've, now that you've pointed that out. I'm just going to let that you killing my wife and kids go. Yeah, know? I might tell the police instead. I see they seem equipped to... But that thing of just like, how do you go about it? And how do you like, what's your day like? And the effect it has on your mind... So that, those are the, those ones are also great, and uh, uh, I'm starting to prefer those ones more and more as I get older. Yeah. 
uh, as well. So yeah, that was the that was my pick. Top five revenge films. It's great. There's there's, there's so many to talk about. Um, yeah. Are they are they in an order from like one being your favourite, or is it just five of? Uh, they're loosely in order, but the order is only reflective of like in the last month. Yeah. You know? Okay. It's, tra- it's transient. It yeah. always changes. We find we've been doing these top fives for forever, and we've re- kind of half revisited some. Um, sometimes when we do listener questions and that. Yeah, yeah. And top five, our top fives change basically. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's perfectly understandable. Did you have any other um, potential top fives that you were considering? Uh, I thought about top five uh, drinking games. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that would be good to do live as well. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, we um, we we did a we thing. Did. Uh, not not the New Year's just gone, but yeah. the one before that. Me and some old uh, school friends. We did. Um, you ever watched New Girl? We've, um, what's the, her name? The TV show, yeah. Uh, oh, the beautiful. Yeah, um, she's like, oh, but I'm kooky. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm beautiful, but also maybe I knit, you if, know. If I just put that these vibe. glasses on, oh, I'll look really yeah, geeky. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah. all and it will take. not beautiful. Is she, she <laughs> working in a fashion house or something like that, or not? Uh, Have I just, is that guesswork? I think that might be guesswork. She's, yeah, she's guesswork. the one, uh, what's her name from, oh, everyone's screaming at yeah. their headphones now. Yeah. The one from Elf. Um, oh, God, what is her name? Will Ferrell. <laughs> really <laughs> forgot to do. Beautiful. Um, but, but the point is, like, I've only ever seen a couple of episodes, but in that TV show, they have a drinking game where, you know, like in a TV show, they'll, they'll, they'll make something up to prove how, like, zany and fun this group of friends yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Like the made-up game in Friends, whatever yeah. it's called, the fake chess thing that Joey invents. Yeah. So it's quite a, often, it'll come up in a long-running sitcom. In a New Girl, they had a game called True American, which was presented as this like apocalyptic drinking game to end all drinking games. And they only obviously show little bits of it happening. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, uh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> your your pupils expanded right as it right as it hits you. The um and and so there's little bits of the game where you can, but it's a bunch of helpful nerds have set up a website and filled in the gaps oh, of the rules. Right. And it's like floor is lava combined with um, ah, beer pong combined with king, uh, like like uh, combined with um, ring of fire, yeah. like this. And there's all these like chants and things, and we you have to move around the room. So like we put like um, it looked like a, a scene from fucking Dexter. We put all tarps on the floor in the living room <laughs> for spills, and we are, you you move on sofa cushions and stuff, and oh, all the breakable stuff, put it away. You had to come dressed as American presidents, uh, and if you didn't, you got fined. And were like punished or whatever, and the fines were like uh, you had to dress as uh, King George or whatever, or you had to. We'd sellotaped a load of tea bags to a bicycle helmet, and if you if you didn't try dressing up hard, try hard enough dressing up, you had to put on the tea hat and go sit in the bar, which is the the harbour. Get in the harbour, tea. So if you, if you didn't do it right, that's genius. It was brutal. It was. Brutal. Was it was it was it not to hammered quite quickly or? Uh, it 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 sustains itself okay actually as long as you're sipping instead of like mm. taking each time you have to drink mm. as like a real challenge yeah. as long beer, as you pace beer, yourself. Right? Be anything, oh, yeah, right. a mixture of stuff and there's like I can't I genuinely can't even remember the rules like yeah. it's it's quite complicated. So that one is like if you can be asked. That one was probably it's a real been, commitment, but it sounds like yeah. fun. I always find that people between the age of like eighteen to twenty-two—that's when drinking games yeah. are their most exciting and w- most wildly dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people are keen to drink quickly. Yeah. And I've seen uh, I've seen games of twenty-one where people are finished in I'd say fifteen minutes and yeah. they're already in the toilet. That's the up. problem. <laughs> we, we used to do the hundred club, where just a hundred shots oh, of beer in a hundred right. minutes. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously for the first sort of twenty minutes. 
you just do your little shot of beer and you're just like, and it, mm. just, it just feels like that minutes, and, uh, you know, an entirety. When you get to about 30 minutes, that minute is just yeah. super, super, super quick. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're just like, because it works out in like 100 minutes, it's on like eight points. Yeah, it's massive. And it's like, it's fucking insane. Like, yeah. it, it, it's ridiculous. I don't think we've ever finished it. Like, it's yeah. crazy. crazy this, yeah, 100 Club, or I've heard it, uh, 100 Club or Centurion. Centurion. Right, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beer Pong, yeah. True American, whatever version of it you'd make yeah. up. Ring of Fire. What's that one? Um, coin, like, yeah, like cup flip, um, and, the, and the coins, are you ping them into the middle oh, yeah, cup? Yeah. Mm, you have to flick them up. I could yeah. never do that. There's man. another one where it's, it's called Arrogance or yes. something like that. Ar- yep. Arrogance is quite Yeah, fun. that was when brutal. You, it's simple. Have you heard of that one? No. Shoe? So basically, you've got a cup in the middle. So Justin would like this big Papa J. You put a cup in the middle, and you pour a little bit of drink in there, and then you flip a coin. And on, say, towels, you have to drink what's in the cup. But then if, you, if it lands on heads, that gets passed on to the next person, and then they have to add to it, and then they flip a coin. And that keeps going until yeah. it lands on towels and you have to drink it. So if you're being arrogant, you'll pour a shitload in there, right. flip it, and hopefully it won't land on that. Otherwise, you have to neck it. Yeah. That can get that gets messy, especially when people start. That's going to get nasty as well, isn't oh, yeah. it? Yeah. It does because pubes end up in there. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, olive oil. Oh, oh no. mate. Yeah. No. Oh. The, the the harshest drinking game punishment stuff or anything I've ever seen is always like low on the disgust factor for pubes or whatever and just high on the texture factor or <laughs> like curdled milk or whatever. Oh, just yeah. grim. Yeah, yeah. That's stomach turning. So should we kick off the, yeah. the top five? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I think we've got someone um, who wants to come through the door. So there's going to be a little bit of background noise because he works in where we're recording today, which I should point out is the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. So uh, thanks to those yeah, guys for letting guys. us yeah. record he's, there. He's gone off. Um, oh, he's gone. Okay. Right, not in a sexy enough. way, like walked off. Um, all right. Okay. Pierre, number five. Number five is, uh, I, <laughs> I believe, <laughs> is Munich. Let's have yes, a look. Let's it have a look. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, number five is Munich, which is like, uh, if you're, it's it's based around uh, the, in 1972 the Black September, which is a terrorist mm-hmm. organization uh, to do with the sort of Israel-Palestine conflict. They kidnapped a bunch of Israeli athletes in the Olympics in Munich, and tortured them and killed them. And uh, the film is based around, a, it's like a fictionalized version of the Israeli government's attempts to get revenge for that. Mm-hmm. And, so that's, and the cast is um, unbelievable. Eric Banner. Yeah. Um, um, uh, God, what's his, Daniel Craig. Um, I forgot, uh, it's been so long since I've seen it. I forgot Daniel Craig. Isn't yeah, it? well, he's, he, I th- he's the South African one, I think. That's another reason I like it, is that his South African accent is actually really good, and that is very rare. Mm. Um, oh, and uh, what's his name who was in Pirates of the Caribbeans in it as well? Um, Orlando Blue? <laughs> no, the, the, who's the sea captain guy? Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush is in it, I think, as well. Anyway, so it's, it's not necessarily a very accurate historical account of it, yeah. but it's like uh, it's Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. as well, so it's like the score is amazing and it's slow-paced. John Williams. Jo- John Williams, there you go. And uh, it's very like uh, tense, and uh, sur- bits of it are quite surreal. And a lot of it is about the morality of revenge, and like if it's okay to go after these people, and they have doubts, and yeah. da da da. And uh, it's number five 
kind of because it's so serious that you can't. Yeah. You have to make an appointment to yeah. sit down and deal with this film. It really is. It's it's, it's not like a, like a fun, light-hearted, cathartic. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's very clear what the revenge is, the reason for revenge, and you're, at the end you're like, yeah, yeah. you get them. And then Munich's yeah. kind of like, it's completely just washed with grey, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. even there, like, the characters themselves, like, it's not just like signal to you, they're also having a hard time, and you're just there going like, oh my God. And it's sort of, a lot of it's fictionalised, but a lot of it isn't. Mm. So it's an interesting mixture of stuff and it's worth doing research on it before you make any sort of opinions coming out of it but as a film mm. it's an unbelievably well made slow paced uh, tense it's, it's great thriller. I've, I've not seen it since it came out I, yeah. I saw it at yeah. the cinema and yeah. it's, it's fantastic oh wow mm. yeah it was good in the cinema um, well I think when people when they say when they dramatise it for film I, I kind of get that sometimes because I think how you you you'll never really convey the feelings of, of something as well, like as well, like how something feels in real life. To I think sometimes you have to slightly exaggerate it or change it to um, create that same sort of impact or feeling in yourself. So I think that's why sometimes it, they can seem like they they will exaggerate, yeah, so that it still gives you the same impact or same feeling as people maybe are feeling if, if you were actually doing the the acts that they're doing. Yeah, and any and any film that does like a a not overblown version of like anything to do with safe houses and yeah. informants and that's always cool and when it's not like I, I it's kind of annoying when you see one of those films where they go you need to talk to and it's always like uh, their nickname is a job yeah you know you need to talk to the baker whatever <laughs> and you're like wow who's the baker and you go and it's like he runs this warehouse full of crazy things happening and he's got a chef's hat on and that's why they call him the baker and it's played by uh, yeah you know like guest star it's, like it's unannounced probably, Johnny it, Depp is yeah. there you go, oh fucking hell if it's a bad guy what would you want to be called English. if you was one? Oh, oh my secret uh, ev underground yeah. evil guy weird would you be the what oh well, I, um, oh, I guess the comedian is taken because it's in the Watchmen, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't be the Joker either. Can't be the Joker. Um, uh, everyone's trying to be funny now mm. <laughs> with their evil. Um, Chris? Um, I'd want like a more a name that's really boring until you think about it and then can be sinister, like <laughs> the scheduler. <laughs> the librarian. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm the, the librarian. librarian. Yeah. Of what? Uh, and you go, exactly. Some seedy, <laughs> yeah. some seedy basement, so, so home, pawn shop. Skulls. <laughs> the library of skulls. You go, oh, fuck. I, I thought it was books, but now, <laughs> now I'm scared. <laughs> I wasn't scared when I thought it was books. <laughs> Librarians are fucking evil dude, man. <laughs> you don't want to mess with a librarian. That's what the kind of thing they say. Brilliant. Informant. Well, um, I don't really want to sort of um, go on too much about some of the ones that Chris and I may have sort of considered for these lists because it's your list. But, no, go um, for it. We'll throw a few in. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, just to, you know, just to have our own two pen of. Yeah. But I actually watched one of the. Oh, I better just check it's not on your list. I'm sure it's not. No. Um, it skips your number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I did that, didn't I? Once. Yep. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, like we've done about 200. But about, about 10 minutes in. That's about amazing. 10 minutes in, completely had a faux pas. That's so yep. funny. Oh, man. So, um, I watched one which is a remake of arguably one of the most famous, I guess, revenge films. Um, so, I watched the remake of Death Wish. With Bruce Willis. Yeah. 
I haven't seen that I yet. Seen the it's a bag of shit. Yeah. So it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I saw. I, you know, you scroll over. Yeah. Because you probably want a really loud trailer to pop up now. Yeah. And that's what happens. That's annoying. That. It is annoying. I'd yeah. like them to leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like, like that. But then a couple of days ago, I realised how fucking annoying that is on mm. Netflix now. It's like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when you don't want it to make a load of noise yeah. and you're just scrolling through, yeah. it's like everyone now is like, here's yeah. a little bit of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you don't have time to read the blurb before it starts. Yeah. So you're skipping around. And uh, I think it was Sean Walsh used to have a great routine about what it's like being trapped with a hangover while a DVD menu replays over and over again. <laughs> it's such, oh, a, it's such a good routine. Yeah. And just that kind of like, I think you'll find it that I'm the librarian. And then it just starts again, and you're there, like, I know. Surely does that move. one about uh, coming to terms with, like, the hangover hasn't kicked in. You wake up, you're like, let's, let's go drinking, let's go drinking. Yeah. And then he has a meltdown while he's saying it. It's so well acted. Yeah, very funny, very funny. But, but so that happened to me with this old Death Wish remake. Uh, right. Even from the little burst of trailer, I was like, oh, no. It doesn't look... Great. When, when I heard it was being made, I mean, I've not watched the Bronson ones since I was probably like 13, 14. He was a quite, he's a dude, Charles Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're shit when you go back. Because were they directed by... Um, Who's the guy that... You, the, uh, it, it was um, the, the English... The, the, the guy that had the adverts for the insurance or the bank. Calm down, it. dear. Calm down, dear. They were yeah, directed Michael by... Michael Winterbottom. No, Winner. Michael Winner. Michael Winner. So, yeah, that was his, his claim to fame, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the Death Wish franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have... Charles Bronson put out... Because, weirdly, I was looking at this months ago. He's done a fucking lot of movies, Charles. He's done yeah. some great films before he, Death yeah. Wish as well. Yeah. Dirty Dozen? Yeah. Well, that was exactly what was at the forefront yeah. of my mind. Watch that at Christmas. Um, yeah, but the, the remake of Death Wish, it didn't need to be made. And, and it wasn't... I just didn't rate it at all. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, come on, Bruce, what are you doing? But, yeah, but I, I saw Glass last yeah. night, so he's redeemed himself. Um, okay. Yeah, he was he was decent. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was seeing some cool Charles Bronson stories the other day about Kurt, when when Kurt Russell first started, he was doing a movie with Charles Bronson, and about uh, Charles bought, bought him a skateboard, and he would skateboard around on the on, uh, 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 on set, and then one of the producers came up to him and was like, "You just stop doing that now." So Kurt was like, "Oh, okay, sorry, sir," and that, and then a couple of like weeks later. Bronson was back on set and uh, he was like, where's your, where's your skateboard? He said, oh, I'm not allowed to do it anymore. He said, grab your skateboard. <laughs> Took the skateboard into like, the, 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 the production office and, and Beat him to death with it. <laughs> just, was like, just like, uh, who said he couldn't use his skateboard? And the guy put his hand in and says, right, well, just to let you know, he'll be skateboarding a lot more from now on. <laughs> and then just walks out. It's like, yes, Charles Bronson. I love the fact he's on set for a revenge film, character acting. <laughs> Superb. Gonna make you eat the skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go and see the skater. <laughs> That's the thing. You have a warehouse yeah. full of a half pipes. Absolutely. You need to see the red one. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> you need to see Jubilar. <laughs> and they always in um. How many films have you seen set in America where there's that weird office above the warehouse? Always. Yeah, well, well, Climb up the stairs and talk to the man in the little room. Gone in sixty seconds was a perfect example. When you're saying bad guy names, a lot of the time the bad guy's British. Yeah. And uh, the carpenter was uh, yeah. the bad guy who got in 60 seconds, <laughs> which go. was exactly that. He had yeah. an office above the car garage where he was nicking all the cars. Because he couldn't get one car, yeah. the whole plot was, basically, I'm locking you up and your brother's now got to nick like 80 cars for me in a day. Brilliant. <laughs> 
utterly unreasonable. Yeah. And, you go, uh, how do you run a small business with this kind of attitude? <laughs> this isn't fair. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go on trust a trader and question this. Yeah. <laughs> Carpenter. Okay. Yeah. Number four. Number four. What was number four again? It's I can remember all of them, but not necessarily in order. Uh, it's John Wick. John Wick. I, I, lo- I thought John Wick was going to be the slightly on the wrong side of, of stupid before I watched it. And I was watching it, and I was sort of... Um, the one reason I definitely made an appointment to watch it was Keanu Reeves or someone affiliated with his PR put on the internet footage of him doing the training for John Wick. Oh, yeah. And he was in a kind of wooden range, uh, but like a, a wooden, uh, whatever they call it, close quarters combat range with like stuff popping up out of windows and like false corridors being filmed like from above and behind, almost like in a video game. And he's fucking nailing it. Yeah. He's got a sort of floating retina, ret- reticule sight, and he's smashing his way through these windows and in the suit. In, and it, you, but it's like somewhere in the California desert, so it's like scrubby and outdoors, and he's just and his reactions, and I was like, fuck. And then I realized why I needed to see the film was the re- and also maybe why they picked Keanu Reeves because they go, okay, he's, he's famous and people will want to watch it, but also he's got the benefit of whoa, I mean, what are we saying? Seven or eight years of Matrix-themed yeah. firearms and martial arts yeah. training. This guy's turning up with yeah. almost a decade of experience in the bag. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you just got like, um, you know, Zach Efron. <laughs> you're like, Zach, uh, do you know how to reload and disassemble or whatever a Glock without looking? And he's like, no. <laughs> no well, Keanu Reeves does because it's all he's been doing for yeah. fucking ages. Whether he's hitting targets or just rolling over his back and, and firing that gun into the air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first one that he was really like because as far as speed he's on a gun range and he looks yeah. pretty slick there but definitely yeah. they say his commitment to Matrix and the training on that was really yeah. intense and, and then he sort of like he just went for it on John Wick and it was yeah. that, that, tra- that, that training video that I saw I was like wow it's amazing isn't it he's a dude he sounds like a really cool person apparently he just young. lives in like just a flat yeah, or just, he does, well, doesn't he? he, he, he yeah. That. Well, well, yeah. For a while, he, I mean, he was just he just lived in hotels, didn't he? He had some he had some shit time though, didn't he? Well, because it was River Phoenix, wasn't it? Was like his best mate, yeah. Quack and oh, Phoenix's brother, what? and he died in yeah. some. It was an accident outside, outside the Viper Room. Yeah, speedball, yeah. heroin, and cocaine. Oh, was it oh, another yeah. speedball? Yeah, God, yeah. fucking hell. Um, and so that was like they were all like best friends like, yeah. that was his, but like from childhood or something from yeah. like 11 and that he had some big breakdown and then he da, 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 and so he doesn't spend his money on anything but, but or, I'm sure I'm literally I hope I get this correct loads of members of his family just died he had like a horrendous time did his wife yeah. die Something like that. Oh, th- th- right. There was loads of really shit stuff happened to him. He's right. very existential. Yeah. yeah. You know, then that comes from that, I guess. Yeah. You know who else has had a terrible time? Kelsey Grammer. Really? Kelsey Grammer. The, the amount of people in his family who've just been fucking murdered. Oh, really? I think his dad got murdered. I think his sister got killed by a serial killer or something. Or, what? Yeah. His, Kelsey Grammer's like, family life is this horrific. Yeah. Crazy. Man, I did not know any of that. The other person who's got that is um, my favourite author, Chuck Polanyk, who did uh, Fight Club. And yeah, yeah. Why he writes these fantastically dark uh, novels, and yeah. they're really good, a lot of them. But he was hiding under his bed upstairs while it's either his dad or granddad just went around with a shotgun and just iced his entire family. Oh, yeah. And he walks in his room and all that stuff, so, yeah. Fuck. Is it, is it, who was the, the girl that won one of the um, 
talent shows in America. Was it Jennifer? Is it Jennifer Hudson that's had the? Yeah. Um, is that her name? I don't know. Yeah, well, and, that rings a bell. And all of her family got like shot and stuff and, and things like that. Was yeah, it, her? it might have been someone like well, that. Well, it's weird these links and stuff like Keanu, uh, not Keanu, Reed, Ashton Kutcher. His girlfriend got killed in a by a serial killer. Fuck. Man. Yeah, and it's weird where what? you, but it, but it makes sense only when you sort of remember that they're also normal people. So I guess they had the same statistical chance. Yeah. yeah. As anyone. And enough celebrities are out there so that it's yeah. going to fall on that. So it's the probability happen. becomes exactly like. Yeah, it's got to it? happen. So just looking at that, Keanu Reeves, love 1999, love of his life, Jennifer Syme, um they they were expecting a child. Child was stillborn, and it cost them their relationship. 18 months later, Jennifer died. So, hell, yeah, yeah, his father left when he was young. and Oh, my... Wow, it gets really tragic. Jesus, leukemia. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah, God. But so, I mean, that's like... Uh... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I mean, you, you, there's that meme of, like, sad Keanu. Have you seen that? Where he's yeah. on the bench or whatever, and you sort of go, yeah, I fucking <laughs> yeah. would be if I... If yeah. you, have to, you have to have that life, but also you're still Keanu Reeves. So yeah. Like the contrast, you yeah. just go, yeah. oh, my God. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want to switch... You wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't switch that for that suffering. No. Nah. But, I mean, we all, we all have, you know, shit times, but... But, I mean, shall we talk about John Wick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah we should do, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. John Wick was... Yeah, he was... Fire away, Pierre. So, like, it is still a bit dumb because, like... Uh, without uh, spoilers, you know, without yep. giving her too many away, his his wife has tragically passed away, and luckily they sidestepped the whole "you killed my wife" thing, which has got to the point now mm. where it has its own like memes and mm. things. Yeah, and it's because uh, his wife passed away naturally, and while he was grieving, she left him a dog in the in the will, like a new dog, mm. and he loved the dog and whatever, and the uh, the dog is is killed in a very nasty way by a bunch yeah. of Russian mobsters. And uh, a guy from Game of Thrones, and uh, he is basically just getting revenge for that. You killed like the my whole film. wife, 
By a dog. By a dog. You <laughs> By killed, proxy. You killed my memory of the... It, it's complicated. Grief is complicated. <laughs> the, I can the, assure you, you're all dying. The point is you did it to the wrong guy. And again, they, it turns <laughs> out... a very specific set of skills. Yeah, yeah. It turns out like, oh no, he's not uh, XCIA or whatever. When, when the head Russian mobster finds out that they've done it and he, and to John Wick. Because he's really yeah. rich. He lives this amazing Who's John house. Wick? The dog handler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, do you know what they call him? They, 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 the old Russian guy says, uh, he's, not, he's not a man. He's not uh, just some guy. He's the fucking boogeyman. <laughs> it's a great line. I once saw him kill. Was it? A man with just a pyro. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's only like three men and a pencil. Or it's some horrific... <laughs> Oh. And he's like, and he's the top Russian mobster saying it, so everyone's now scared because yeah, he's the scariest man. The Do you know yeah. what? Like, Have you seen so, it? Yeah, like I ruined it for myself. I turned yeah. it off halfway through. Oh, what? did you? Yeah, it, it just frustrated the hell out of me. I thought mm. it was, I thought it was absolute took. <laughs> Which, <laughs> what was the breaking point? What was the point where you went? No, I think I was doing that thing because I was watching it with uh, my, my wife, wow. and, and I was just waiting for her to go. <laughs> This isn't very good, is it? But I thought if she's enjoying it, I'll just I'll write it out. Yeah. But she was like, "Are you enjoying this?" With that kind of look in her eye, and yeah, I was yeah. like, "I think it's rubbish." And she was like, "God, so do I." I was like, right, "Off." Do you know what? A bloke at work said he really liked it, and this dude, he was a guy who we had similar tasting things. So I was looking forward to watching it. So I went to watch it, but annoyingly, I had to watch it with two friends mm. who. It turned out it was two. It's two of my best girl mates, and they and, and they were like, they said, no, no, put it on. I was like, mm, okay. Mm. And then they just, I couldn't really get into it because they hated it so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've watched was that since. the film you were telling me about the other day that you said got ruined for you yeah. by them. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. So I like, like I was trying to get into it and enjoy it, but they were like, just they just weren't getting yeah. on with it at all. I think the biro quote had them like, oh, that's it, <laughs> that's it, and I'm like, just relax. It's just going to shoot a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, loads. So I rewatched it, and I've seen the second one since then, and and I joined it much more because yeah. I think when you go to the cinema, who you go or when you watch film. It can sometimes be influenced. Like one of my best mates, often he'll say, "Oh, have you seen such and such?" And it'll be like Step Up Three. Yeah. And I'll be like, "He's like, it was quite good." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you going on yeah. about? Your favourite genre three. is like horror. <laughs> and you like martyrs, and now you're telling me suddenly you like watching Step Up Three. Yeah, and yeah. every time he says it, it's because he's gone to the cinema with his his wife, right. and it always puts a little sheen on it, which is really cute. I really like it, yeah, but yeah. also no straight away. It can also like, work in reverse. It can. Yeah, absolutely. But like the the plot is is as I say gibberish. Yeah, it's and and there's like a stupid like made up society of assassins yep. or whatever, and you go yeah, do you get audited? Yeah, the fucking HMRC after you guys for all your you know your piss off. Like they have a special hotel and get audited by the accountant. The accountant, yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, is a movie Ben Affleck that actually happens. Yep, that's a really good point, it yep. is, isn't it? Yeah, and it's that's a fun film. It's good. Really that's a fun it. film where he's yeah. like, I'm so good at counting that I'm so deadly. <laughs> Some man can shoot really good. Yeah, because I my brain's different. And you go, okay, well, fine. Um, so John Wick's very like comic booky, mm. but the the reason it's on the list is almost entirely for the choreography and the way it's yes. filmed. Mm. Because like, there's there's a shot really at the close to the beginning at the in his house, where they just send a bunch of guys to the house to just to try and ice him right there, mm. before the boogeyman becomes a problem. <laughs> Obviously, and uh, which of course is a bad plan, and it doesn't work. Uh, but it's it's like a rolling shot down the dark corridor staircase and stuff in his house, and like uh, the the idea of going like right up to the end of this like 
14 minute super high intensity cardio training with blanks and blood packs and then going ah oh, we gotta do it again <laughs> oh my god how did you film this I would need an oxygen tank just, like, <laughs> just like, like a really sort of like late Marlon Brando all fat so just like oh, I can't do anymore why can't I just shoot them all normally with one big grenade like no you need to simultaneously neck chop one guy <laughs> and shoot another guy through the lungs from above. Like, just a horrific... And there's the whole film is like that, and there's, like, the lighting and things and all the sort of obligatory stereotype nightclub scenes. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's so... But it is it's stylistic. And how yeah. he kills people is really... I, I think how they've done that, where he's, like, always double-taps people. Or, yeah, you know, he, It looks really cool. And yeah. I think there's... Gun-fu. It's similar to um, <laughs> Equilibrium. Oh man, equally was a cracking movie. Yeah, yeah. Really good for for lots of reasons actually. There's even like Sean Bean's in it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah. 006 era yeah, Sean yeah, Bean. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> Um No, it's. I, I think for that reason, I like John Wick. If you don't like violence and you don't and watch a lot of violent movies, then it's just more people shooting more people, which yeah. must be really boring. It's like if you don't like metal music, it's yeah. not going to sound the same. But yeah. if you've watched a lot of them, the nuances in how people get killed is enjoyable in itself, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. I think that's what people sometimes miss in action films, is that if you're not into it, then it just looks like a lot of people getting murdered. Like the, the, have you seen the more recent Rambo, which yeah. actually no. really could be considered a, a oh. revenge one? It was Rambo 5. It was probably about oh. six years ago. Oh, I've ago. seen that one, yeah, but there's another one, I think. Coming out? Yeah, yeah, I think they're doing Rambo 6. No way. I'm pretty sure. Well, Ra- Rambo 5 is a revenge film. I totally forgot until now. But yeah. that, because it is really like, horrible to start with, and then he's literally just getting revenge on these guys. But that is violent beyond belief. But yeah. it's almost to a point of artwork how these bodies are exploding from bullets. It's mm. like, that's impressive. It looks awful. Yeah. It's like, I, f- I find long dance sequences quite boring. <laughs> sort of go, well, yeah. it's impressive choreography in either mm. way. Um, and also, like, the villains are like, ridiculously evil yeah. sort of Russian mobsters. Yeah. And, like in Rambo 5, they're like genocidal paramilitaries. And you go, yeah, no, these are the villains people like to watch. Yeah. We want to see them get burnt. Get exploded. Yeah. I just had to look it up. Baba Yaga is the boogeyman. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga, well, Baba Yaga is like a grandma <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, if you type in Baba Yaga and see the actual myth of... So they've kind oh, of... Is it really? Yeah, she comes in the night and takes kids or something and oh. she has a house with chicken legs. Nice. I'm pretty sure that's Baba Yaga. Really? So they've had to kind of tra- mongle the translation there to the Boogerman. He's <laughs> the fucking Boogerman. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah, Baba Yaga, this idea that he's John Wick is so good at being an assassin that he's this kind of demon. Yeah. Uh, it's quite cool. You know you're going fucked up, right? Can I, can I throw one in? Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, payback, Mel Gibson. Oh, I've not seen that since I that come out. I, just, I haven't seen Payback. Dude, it's really good. Like when did it come out? A billion years ago. A long time ago. Yeah. Mid-90s. Yeah. Just, just before he went full racist. Yeah, yeah. So it's, we're, t- we're talking, uh, we're talking <laughs> saxophone soundtrack here <laughs> Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Lethal Weapon. One of the things, like Mel, Mel Gibson's a cool name, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've always bothered me that no one... Because the minute you pronounce his name properly... Mm. It's the most uncoolest thing ever. Melvin Gibson. <laughs> Not cool in the slightest. <laughs> Lethal weapon with Melvin Gibson. Don't work. Also, he's, uh, Mel Gibson is so uh, manly, or at least uh, you know, was, that you forget that his name could be a lady's name. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a gender-neutral name. Yep, completely. Mel Gibson. 
Mel, Mel, the new version of Mel and Sue. <laughs> Who's hosting the Bake Off now? Oh, it's Mel Gibson. And, uh, and a racist suit from Australia. Really <laughs> the Bake Off gets very tense now. that uh, really, really want to see this. Now that Mel's involved. Uh, but Sue Perkins does a great job balancing him out. It's a lot more tense. The judging bit is... Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> you seem to only have white people in the final. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, payback's brilliant. Yeah. Payback was done, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what year, but it was a point where it was only... It was one of those ones where he's a bad guy in it. And he's getting revenge on other bad guys who right. are worse than him. So you start backing the bad guy. So it's one of those films that's kind of rare where there's no real good protagonists. It's all They're all kind of shitbags. Yeah, yeah. But Mel's got a code that you can relate to more than all the others. Sure. It's, it's really good. It, it's really worth a watch, dude. Nice. And it is like a good revenge. Basically... The simple setup is he did a bank job with someone. Oh, that's and it. And yeah. he, he got he, the partner he did it with uh, does the dirty on him. Right. Not only does the dirty on him to get the money, but it was he planned that the guy his partner had planned it with his wife with his missus, uh, and she did the dirty on him too. Yeah. So he's kind of like, God damn it, you've taken me missus, and you've fucking taken all the money, <laughs> and you basically nearly had me killed, yeah. but I managed to not die. Yeah. And it's about how he goes through the criminal underworld of I don't know what city it is. Let's just say New York, and. Uh, it definitely isn't New York, I don't think. And it's how he gets his way through the criminal underworld to sort of get his half of that money. Yeah, yeah. Get, get his payback, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ongoing joke is that he only wants his 50% yeah. of that takedown. Yeah. And it's really funny because the further he goes and the further up he goes in the criminal chain, yeah, they yeah. keep starting to try and offer him more. And he's like, for fuck's sake, it's 100 grand. I just want my 100 grand. Yeah. But it's really good because it's like the layer cake of the criminal underworld. So he yeah. keeps on accidentally going higher and higher because to start with none of them can sort of like let him get away with it so they're like no we've got to pay him back for his payback yeah. and it all gets out of control yeah, yeah. and there's a great scene with a, 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 a hammer and some toes and oh god yeah, so that's, that's in my nomination it's a lesson in, in salary negotiation <laughs> yeah basically yeah. the negotiator the wage <laughs> negotiator um, your next one is is Probably my favourite on your list. Oh, yeah? Mm, I'm liking that. Do you know what it is? No. <laughs> what is it again? <laughs> Number three, buddy. Oh, yeah. Law-abiding citizen. Oh, yeah. So, law-abiding citizen is uh, an interesting one uh, whereby it's uh, Gerard Butler mm -hmm. being uh, an American again, but in no beard this time. Controversial <laughs> choice for him. And uh, basically... Uh, he gets screwed over by the sort of vagaries of the US justice system yeah. and an ambitious uh, attorney after, again, his wife and children are killed. Yeah. That is their job in these films. Is yeah. Your whole family's job is just to be exploded by an unaccountable villain. You know that film's going to job. That, that film's going to start with just a really lovely family having a really yeah. lovely time. Yeah, exactly. And you just think, oh, oh fuck. please just get it over with because <laughs> it's coming. We know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, every time they remake The Punisher, yep. I care even less. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just go, fuck me. There's like 11 Punisher films and four TV series now. You just think, just fuck, go on a holiday or something, man. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> when will it end? Um, so, 
It ha- the, the insert family bad thing happens to him because of yeah. some criminals. And now what's unique in this case is that uh, he, the two criminals are just like some random disgusting sc- yeah. scumbags. There's no like like you, like with with payback and all these other films. There's no like hierarchy to climb. There's no big boss. So it's like watching a video game. Yeah. He's trying to destroy like the corruption as he sees it in the justice system. It's a real Unabomber vibe to him. Yeah. There's a real manifesto YouTube channel kind yeah. of vibe to him. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's he he plans it over sort of tw- 15 years or something in the That's film. That's right. So there's none of this like bust into the warehouse with a gun you've yeah. just bought from a pawn shop. Yeah. And uh, his background that makes him scary. Yeah. Is he was the CIA's sort of sort of dark technology engineer, right. computer science guy. So we're talking like robots, drones, hacking, yeah. that kind of stuff, phone tracing. And uh, I won't give it too much away, but there's so many twists and and cool ways that he does things and uh, he's he's the he's the villain. He's an antagonist, but because his whole thing is, I want to destroy uh, a corrupt system as I see it. There's a real like um, weird sort of political bent that you could get quite sympathetic yeah. to. Yeah. Where you go, well, he's trying to fight against an idea. It's like it's like falling down, isn't it? Like, yeah, like he, he's just uh, yeah, exactly. you, you sort of think he's a nice guy just trying yeah. to get home to his family, yeah. but he's doing some fucking awful shit. He's a yeah. maniac. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you go, I sympathise with this man who has clearly snapped and, yeah. and gone yeah. too far. <laughs> yeah. Like when you see a story about someone where it's like, uh, oh, they they got this guy's order wrong at this fast food chain five times, and then they were rude to him, and now he's burned it down. <laughs> and you go, I mean, I'm not in favor of that, but yeah. there's a window into that that I can peek through yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> go fucking hell. And uh, it's Jamie Foxx, isn't it? It is, yeah. Who's the who's the lawyer? Yeah, and he's really good in that as well because yeah. he's the guy who's sort of like the system is great no matter what. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, love it. Enjoyable. Movie. What's your favourite thing about it? He tortures someone, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, I can't even. Re- I'm, I'm thinking off the, off on the back foot here. He tortures a, a, a evil pedo. That's right. Burglar murderer. Yeah. All the crimes. Yeah. This, yeah. You name a crime, this guy's done it. He's got a full house. He's got yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Down. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, two sex. I'm just going to pause this. So we've just uh, we're, we're back in the room. Back we've just room. Uh, we've got Pierre a coffee, and yep. uh, and yeah, I think we uh, we're, we're picking back up where we left off with some torture of a, a Nazi burglar type uh, evil man, <laughs> yeah. and uh, which which, <laughs> which I guess we'll probably conclude number three. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's for the part of you that wants to bring back hanging. Yeah. That's what the film is for. <laughs> For the part of you that goes, I know I mustn't, but also... Capital punishment! But also, I want that that bad man to have bad (laughs) things done, you know. Okay, so, uh, number two. Can you remember that one? Number two is uh, Death Proof. Yes, it is. Are we on two? Are we on two? Yeah. Really, we've gone on two? Yeah. 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 Okay, I've lost track. Uh, Munich, John Wick, Laura Biden, Citizen, and and as Pierre just said... And Death Proof. There you go. Death Proof. Uh, nice. Death Proof, uh, a Tarantino pops up at yeah. last. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pick either of the Kill Bills, yeah. even though they are very uh, famous and long and yeah. good revenge films. Mostly oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah they, they, ma- they made my uh, well, they made my top five actually. Yeah, no, mostly because I sort of thought, oh, if I pick one, I have to pick them both, <laughs> and I don't want to use two slots out of five. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. <laughs> but but for the academically, okay, Kill Bill, excellent, obviously. Mm. Um, especially if you're as much of a film nerd as Tarantino and. Yeah. 
You can yeah. pick up on all these weird little references and things. Yeah. Uh, but Death Proof, I got obsessed with Death Proof uh, years and years and years ago. I caught it on TV and I just thought, this is great and the pacing of it and stuff. And this, it's almost like the end of one film and the, be- the front half yeah. of another with the sort of the gap in the middle. Yeah. Because uh, Death Proof is, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Kurt, Kurt uh, Russell. Kurt Russell yeah. plays this sort of, he's a stuntman. He's an yeah. old school Hollywood yeah. stuntman. And he's, uh, he's great, uh, a great villain in the vein of the kind of teen murderers. Yeah. But it's like you meet him. He's cool as fuck in yeah. that film. He's incredibly cool. He's, he's, also, he's, he's one of my favorite people on earth as actors, Kurt Russell. He's yeah. got the full... Uh, back your feathered yep. uh, 1980s yep. sort of haircut he's got a kind of um, it's almost like the precursor to the cool scorpion jacket in Drive yep. uh, yeah, you know yeah, he's got yeah. like a cool stuntman jacket and yeah. he's completely sober he's at this bar just drinking uh, you know fizzy water and eating yeah. nachos or whatever and uh, he essentially is this creepy killer who has a, a death proof car Yeah, and uh, it's a special car that's been rigged out for stuntmen but he drives it around yeah. and uses it to commit vehicular homicide, <laughs> uh, which is homicide. which is his sort of big kink or whatever the hell, like creepy serial yeah. killer sex thing, crashing into people and them exploding. And, yeah. Which I guess means that he loved his job. Yeah, he's crazy. right. When he was a when he was a stuntman, he was like, God, every day is a wank to me. Yeah, yeah he made his passion I, a job. Didn't yeah, he? Did, where, yeah. where can I go with this uh, vehicular <laughs> model murder? Yeah. Why are you so interested in a career as a, a car driving stuntman? It's like, I love cars. I love driving them. And, uh, you know, movies are fun. It, 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 it never seems to get, the, you know, sort of ranked up there with, with Pulp Fiction dogs and yeah. Kill Bill and stuff like that, does it? It just seems to kind of, it, it was a bit, I don't know, am I right in saying that it sort of, it, it was one of the first ones that, that come out after a little hiatus from him, and, and it just seemed to sort of sneak out, didn't it? Because did it come out with another it was, one? It was, joint, it was joint released, yeah. We, with yeah. the zombie one with the, the machine gun leg. With Rose McGowan. Yeah. Was, yeah. was it Rose McGowan in yeah, that? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, which was dope as well. And it was part of their, like... It was, was it grind, grind Grindhouse? Grindhouse, yeah, that's it, it, yeah. And I think that was the thing, is I think even he knew then that it, it had a sort of like more niche appeal, I feel, and yeah. they were because they were very true to how Grindhouse was. And I guess if it, you know, he wouldn't have been lacking pennies in the bank by this point, Tarantino, yeah. so he can indulge his yeah. his loves, I guess. Can't, yeah, yeah. You know? It's a bit more artsy, and there's that sort of old school, da 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 da, yeah. like all like seventies, eighties yeah. logos where it's all the like bad Technicolor effects at yeah. the start, and there's an intermission thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, I intermission, right. intermission was in. Um, I did one in Hateful Eight, didn't I? Hateful Eight, yeah. Like at the cinema, because I, yeah. I, I saw that at the cinema yeah. and it was surreal. It literally yeah. went, go and get some popcorn and stuff mm. like that. And, the, the, and I was like, man, they used to do that when I was a kid. Mm. Like, this it's, is fucking surreal. It's that reintroduction of what it's like to be in this kind of hokey old cinema. Yeah. And there's the bit in Death Proof where it goes into black and white for a bit. Mm. Yeah. And you get used to it. And you just go, yeah, yeah, film's in black and white. Mm. And it kicks back into colour when the second group of girls in the second half of the film are in that convenience store and the cheerleader girl is on the bonnet of the car waiting for them to come out and it suddenly kicks back into color and from black and white for ages, a half an hour maybe, then there's this vivid yellow cheerleader uniform and a bright red car and it just hits you in the face. Um, That bit's great. The soundtrack is amazing. Chick Habit and all that playing. It's awesome. 
Uh, yeah, it's just such a such a good film. There's the so many different as well, characters. Isn't it? He kept quite true to it, so I think there's quite a lot of like it's real stunts, especially yeah. towards the end. It's all stunts, and it's you know there's no obviously no CGI. He wanted to go like the old school, like because he loves stunts and yeah. how that's all done. So that's really cool, and yeah. like just how it ends with the fight scene and stuff like this. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. excellent. And uh, Kurt Russell's got a kind of scary scar all over yeah, his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he has. And <laughs> he's really unnerving, and yeah. he's always like staring and stuff, and. What, what is the bit where he's really freaking out that girl, but then she decides to trust him? And he says, uh, he says do, I, do I make you nervous? And she nods without speaking. He says, and he says, like, in a really, like, nice, like, conciliatory way, this is my scar. And she nods again. And he, and he says, how did you get it? He says, I cut myself shaving. <laughs> and it's just, and this, it breaks the tension, but also you're going, there should be tension. He's a bad yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the creepiest bit is she decides to get in the car with him, even though it's definitely a bad idea yeah. from the audience's point of view. <laughs> And as she gets in the car and he's going to drive her home and he sees the other car full of drunk girls driving off yeah. and he's going to chase them down or whatever, he stops and like pats the roof of the car and looks right down the camera at you. <laughs> you, the audience, yeah. like breaks the fourth wall, looks at down the camera and smiles like, yes, <laughs> I, I am going to do this. And you go, no! <laughs> and the idea that he's seen you is like, that, that's what made it so creepy yeah. in a, um, House of Cards. You know, all like that. so much other stuff where they break the fourth wall and they look yeah, at you and they right. go, oh, I know you're there yeah. and I'm going to murder this person in front of you. And you go, this is much creepier now. Yeah. I thought they did that really well in, have you seen Funny Games? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of revenge Annika. films to shout out at the end of this uh, that are horror movies. And But Funny Games isn't a revenge thing. But it's is that the one where they kidnap the family? Yeah, and play funny games with them basically. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, right at the end of that movie, he knocks at another door and the door opens and he just looks straight at you and it is quite scary because, yeah. like, for the first time, yeah. like, they, they, they weird things in that movie anyway. He rewinds reality. Yeah. But um, in that bit, when he looks at you, it's kind of like his attention's now turned to you. And that's a little bit scary. He's yeah. fucking cool to act. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Yeah, he was in yeah, Bauble yeah. Kempire. Yeah, he was fucking yeah, yeah, great in that, that as well. He's supposedly a diff difficult a actor to work with. Here's a, here's a cool uh, 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 piece of knowledge and opinion that isn't mine and that I'm just regurgitating, you know, like we all do. <laughs> uh, so, like, Haneke's Funny Games, I think it was Richard Ayoade was talking about it because, you know, he directs stuff. Yeah. And he was saying that the... He was saying that the thing that Michael Haneke said was the point of the bit where, in Funny Games, where they rewind reality. Because mm. there's a bit where the, the I think it's the mum of the family, gets yeah. the drop on one of them and kills him with a shotgun. Yeah, and you're cheering because it. it's the yeah, first yeah, bit of relief yeah, yeah. you've had, and yeah. you're like, "Thank God, revenge!" You know? yeah. And then the other killer just picks up the TV remote and rewinds reality, yeah. Yeah. and reverses that. Yeah. And uh, the point that Haneke was making was to 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 force you, the audience, to admit that what you like about these films isn't the violence. What you like is the relief. Yeah. He was saying because if what you liked was the violence, you'd be pleased that I'd done that. Yeah. yeah. But because you're upset that I've done that, you should be therefore able to now to admit to yourself that what you wanted all along was to not have this. <laughs> that's yeah. fucking brilliant. Yeah. That's really good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, it's one of those things where you watch it and you go, wow, that's creepy and strange. Yeah. Oh, there was an amazing yeah, reason yeah, behind right. it. Of that's course there is. It was really brave to do it. And I think when people do that in movies, a, a lot of the time it can um, alienate audiences who, yeah. uh, who just want the standard thing. Yeah. But for other people... I thought, it was, I thought it was really good. I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. Michael Pitt is that actor's name. That's right? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, uh, so before we get to your number one, yeah, uh, you're a comedian, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about that. I guess so. So yeah. how did that come about? 
I did it as a student. Okay. I just wanted to, I wasn't like a class clown particularly. I actually uh, met up with uh, a, a guy who used to teach at my school. He was in town and he said, do you want to grab lunch? And I was like, yeah, why not? Because um, it was one of those teachers where you're sort of quite friendly with them. And we had lunch and whatever. And he's saying that he doesn't, he wouldn't have put money on me doing comedy from even what he remembered of me at school. But I was funny at like at home uh, with my sisters and things. And I thought, okay, once I'm at university now and there's like an open mic student comedy thing. I'll do that. And if I suck, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> and I'll, it'll yeah. go to the grave yeah. and I'll do something else. And that was it. And uh, it went well enough. And it was, uh, it's very, you get a lot of adrenaline. So it's very addictive. And I just kept doing it. And uh, you do it enough and you decide to sort of, well, maybe I can give this a proper go. Like, I, if it was like 20 years ago, I probably wouldn't have. Because it's not on TV and it's not like yeah. a career. Whereas it's been, not professionalized, but it's a bit easier to see how you might go about it. Yeah. Whereas I guess like the analogy would be, I don't know, like one of those really early, like four guys with guitars and drums bands. Yeah. But before that was a thing where you go, how do we even, who do we yeah, talk to about recording yeah. this? Uh, but no, I was lucky enough to do the equivalent of starting a band in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, there's a very pretty, yeah. there's a pretty streamlined uh, path here for you to go down. So you, you, you gig how many nights a week? Uh, it probably averages out at three or four. Right. So sometimes it's like once and sometimes it's like seven times or... Yeah. But it probably, yeah, probably averages out three or four. And it's like circuit gigs, corporate gigs, charity gigs, anything really. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's like historically being in a touring band, you used to sort of bleat that, yeah. oh man, we got like we got to do like 10 gigs on a trot and then like <laughs> wouldn't play again for another sort of two or three weeks. And we've had many comedians on, haven't we? And, yeah. and it's just like fucking relentless like it's got to be like I feel it if I haven't done it for a week yeah well, two, we, two weeks Brett is Brett rusty he, Brett, Brett says he does it to keep match fit yeah you have to keep match fit it's like going to the going to the gym yeah, yeah. that's exactly his analogy uh, he said like, he was out in in America and I said oh, and he said he'd done some shows out there and I was like did you do that for like just money when you was out there he said no I didn't get paid he said yeah. I, I, I done it to keep fit yeah. And he said, like, I literally, it's it's staying on top of it, but yeah. just gigging and gigging and gigging. And it's as you keep, um, if you don't do it for like two or three weeks, you, the, you get to start, uh, some of the fear starts creeping back in. Oh, really? Because then you go, if you've done it within a week, you're like, well, I know I can do this and I'm almost bored of the adrenaline. Whereas if you don't do it for three weeks, you start going like, ah, this gig's more important now. Oh, right. Even though there's nothing at stake and it could be an open the mic. The enormity grows, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It grows. The longer you leave it, the worse it gets kind of thing. Yeah. So that's a problem as well. So, but keep, keep, so it's like your laundry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we get smelly. Exactly. Um, you, so you done, you've, you've written. You, you, yeah. So you've done, what, Mock the Week? And I've written for, I've written stuff for Mock the Week. Yeah. But not as, not as a... It's quite confusing because they, they have staff writers. Yeah. But I'm not one of them. Yeah. I've written for people who are going on there. The, the jokes have sort of been in the show. How does that, how does that come about? From doing stand-up? And Just from knowing people. I mean, like, uh, I've written f stuff... Um, just for people I've met through doing comedy, really. Yeah. And they sort of, uh, when you go on Mock the Week, they film for like three hours and you need to bas basically... So you're writing on the side, are you, while it's happening? No, no, like, because uh, it's topical, but yeah. so, like, so there is a time at limited aspect to it, yeah. but it's within like a day. Yeah. But, but you only know what they're going to want stuff about with like a day's notice. So you have to sit ready and go, oh, fuck, and quickly rattle this stuff out. And, Be funny! Yeah, shit, uh, the queen! Uh, yeah, and um, 
the real thing with, with Mock the Week is to try and make the edit. Because they, they want you to be in the edit, right? But the, two the, and a half hours, he's on the cutting room floor. Yeah, well, this is it. Yeah. And, and uh, if you don't get enough hits in there, then yeah, no, even right. with the production team trying to be your friend, and they yeah. are, you might not make the edit enough. Yeah. And you want to, especially if it's your first, second, third, fourth appearance, you're yeah. not a regular, you want to make the edit strong. So have a big impact. Cool. Approaching something like that, and you're writing something, you just think, oh, mate, I fucking nailed that. That's funny as fuck. Yeah. Do you think... I'm keeping that. <laughs> like, or do you just think, well, there's a pan note in it if I give it to these people? Like, yeah. w w what's the approach to Some, that? Sometimes I have thought, like, oh, I've really, I've really gone, oh fuck, I want that one. <laughs> and then, uh, but then, like, that's thank God it's topical. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then you so go, it's okay, this sensitive. This will expire after a week yeah, or two. Yeah. yeah. Or someone else might cook it up. You yeah. Never know if it's topical, you never know. Yeah. Someone's going to fire that one off themselves. I guess. Yeah. So you've you've done work with Adam Buxton as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've done some writing for for Adam Buxton, which was like, I've been obsessed with him since I was like a young teenager, yeah. mostly through podcasts. He's, he's, yeah. he's comedy, right? Not just him. Well, the, the, now, like, it's <laughs> I, every time I see him, which isn't very much, yeah. I, uh, very often at all, yeah. I try not to be. Creepy and intense, yeah, yeah. but it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I succeed. He's obsessed the best, with him. man. He's I fucking love that guy. I fucking love that guy. I had a, dr it was like my dream because I did this gig at um, Two North Town, which is a venue near King's Cross, which is very good for comedy. And he was there hosting or, or something, and and I was on the bill with him, so that was already enough. Yeah. And then I got to, I chatted to him afterwards, and that was a promotion oh above God. that. And then we swapped numbers, and he said, oh, I liked your stuff, and. He asked me to do some gags for something he was working on, and da da da, and that was just like that's how oh you want every gig God. to go. Is yeah. you end up on a bill with someone who yeah. you've liked for that's years. Dream night, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then I creeped out. Um, <laughs> I creeped out uh, uh, Joe Cornish, I think, because <laughs> me and a friend went to go see the the sort of twenty year anniversary of Adam and Joe, the TV show at the BFI. Yeah. And uh, God, this is lame. So. Adam and Joe, <laughs> at one point, went on this show called Dermot's Sporting Buddies. Right. Where Dermot O'Leary took some celebrities and introduced them to a sport that he liked. And they, <laughs> Dermot O'Leary took Adam and Joe uh, go-karting in Skegness. But like those, those go-karts that you build yeah. yourself or whatever, those crazy, like, right. whatever it is, homemade Mad Max yeah. shit. And it's, on, it's all on YouTube. And I'm such a dweeb of Adam and Joe that I've watched their guest appearance on Dermot's Sporting Buddies. <laughs> and it's incredibly funny because they just harass him and fuck around for the entire thing. Yeah. And they're really, really quick and really funny. And, you know, they said, do you like any sports? And they say, is wanking a sport? <laughs> Adam, Adam goes, is wanking a sport? And Joe goes, the way we do it, it is. <laughs> Little things like that. Like, it's, an, it's so funny. And there's a, they keep making, they make Dermot pull over to the, um, like the service station and they keep making him buy them like, you know, truckers erotica and self-help <laughs> CDs and stuff. It's really funny. It's so good. And on this big anniversary show, they were showing all these old clips and like deleted scenes. And then the gift, the big gift that Joe Cornish got Adam Buxton was a copy of the same filth book that he Brilliant. reads from. And, then, and he says, now this is called, it's called Depravicus. And he goes, this is called Depravicus. Now, does anyone know who wrote Depravicus? And I <laughs> shouted out, it's by Ray Gordon. Because that's something he keeps saying in the video. Yeah. And thus giving, first of all, the impression that a genuine fan of Depravicus was in. <laughs> Joe Cornish looked ashen-faced. 
I was like, how did, who said that? How did you know that? I went, oh, you're damn it, Sporting Values. And then Adam recognized me and he went, that's Vienna Valley, the comedian. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> I always seem like I'm going to try and take their blood or something after the show. <laughs> it's going to be like Madonna where she has to burn all her old makeup wipes and stuff, yeah. you know. Oh, fucking hell. I've been identified publicly here. Oh, There's no alibi yeah. now. Yeah, and so uh, I've written some stuff for him, but it's it, it was mostly just like gag stuff and and take a look at this script a bit. And um, I haven't seen him for a while. I saw him at, just after that for a bit, and I've seen his Bowie Bug, which is amazing. I uh, the worst worst moment of my life is he he dropped me a text. Year, uh, this is like two years ago now, maybe maybe three of like. Oh, are you free in town? Because I'm in town at a loose end and we could just record a podcast together. So I was going to be able to go on the Adam Buxton podcast. Fuck. But I wasn't in town. Oh, you massive I was, prick. I was out of town doing a <laughs> stupid gig for nothing for no one. And I was like, I've never been more angry at my oh, own. Oh, man. I've never been more angry at someone for trying to employ me <laughs> to do my own job. Like, <laughs> if you'd left me unemployed, I could have been walking around the town centre doing nothing, like a good person. I won't say the person who it was, but Pip told me once that uh, someone that he really respects in the rap industry from over uh, in America is kind of the opposite of that, Pierre, where like the guy was like, are you in London by any chance Yeah. Ne next week? And Pip was like the other end of the country, like absolutely no intention in London, and he didn't <sighs> want to seem too keen, so he's like... He, he did definitely go, yeah. but he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I think I'm there. I'm already doing this, this, and this." It was like, "That's utter bullshit." Like he cancelled everything to go and see this guy <laughs> yeah. and travel miles, just, just chartering a plane for a quick coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that yeah, episode I think of I'm definitely there. He didn't yeah, want to. Yeah. didn't want to sound so stalkerish. Absolutely. Yeah. You got and turning up with like. Uh, some reason he's wearing like a suit and tie. He's like, <laughs> it's like oh, this is our address. This is our address. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, so that was like a sort of amazing moment kind of thing, being able to, just being able to meet someone who has just been a voice in your ears. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, so then, and then want to work with you, that's got to be yeah. so rewarding. Yeah, that was amazing. Well, we've just gone, we've just hit the hour point, right. so um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get you number one, and then we'll yeah. talk about what you've got coming up and, yeah. and, uh, and what's, what's happening. Good. So... Uh, Numero uno. Numero uno. You were never really here. Mm. You were never really here. Uh, directed by Lynn Ramsey oh. and screenplay by Lynn Ramsey. Adapt adapted from a short story by a guy who writes for the New Yorker or something. A little short, short little novella thing called You Were Never Really Here. This this is quite a recent film, isn't it? Very recent. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on. I, I watched it on on uh, Amazon Prime, I think even. Uh, yeah, it only came out in like the last year yeah. or so. It's it's Joaquin Phoenix mm -hmm. looking a bit sort of chubby with a huge beard. And yep. um, basically, the reason it's my number one is because it's, like I said earlier, it's one of those revenge films that's like trying to de depict it emotionally and intellectually honestly. Yep. And uh, it's very like artistically shot. Uh, it's really, really tense and, and sort of brutal, but you actually don't see very much violence in it at all. Yeah. It's not grotesque with it. It's not yep. an over-egg it. And uh, it doesn't overdo the whole, oh, they've done this y, X, Y, Z to my family thing. It's very subtle. And uh, it, like, Quack and Phoenix's performance is amazing because it's like, this is what the guy would be like. 
No, no. If John Wick was real, yeah. Yeah. this is what he'd actually be like. He'd yeah, be yeah, like yeah, a yeah. weird... like no massive explosions and no. double tapping sort of... Yeah. yeah, he kind of lives with his elderly mother who he kind of takes care of and he's sort of... He, he's, he's good at what he does, but he's like not... He's kind of a man-child with the rest of the thing, eating cereal and junk food and stuff. Yeah. He's like he's not happy. Like he's not. No. I'm sure he'd rather be a baker <laughs> and have a nice life or whatever. The a fuck. baker of the baker. The, the baker. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> he killed killed my family with cholesterol, and now blasted with a French stick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's uh, it's amazingly shot, and uh, the pacing of the story is uh, is great, and it's it's a topic that. I think in future it's it's going to be quite hackneyed, but now it's quite good or quite modern, which is the idea of sort of secret pedophile ring, which yeah. is, you know post Savile became a big concern, and there were all these pol mad police inquiries and who knows where they went and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but so that I'm sure that's going to be like our version of you know when you watch an 80s movie and you go like the villains are always like the Russians or East yeah, Germans yeah, yeah, come yeah, up yeah, a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. probably going to be our version of the East Germans. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and just all the performances are great. The cinematography is great. And it's, it's all done like realistically. So it's all the boring stuff where um, for some reason the, the thing he uses... So basically Joaquin Phoenix's character is, is for hire, he will get your kid back. If your kid gets taken, he'll get it back. He works with a private investigator. All of this is implied. It's, you cannot not pay attention when you're watching this or you'll miss something. It's very detailed, but it doesn't hand it to you. You've got yeah. to work. And that's like the same as the, uh, my favorite comedy. It doesn't just tell you. You've got to sit and really pay attention to because this. Because in that version, the revelation is what makes it funny, isn't it? Is when you piece that together. Exactly. Uh, and, and with films when it's like that, or even TV shows like The Wire, The Wire yeah. never spoon-fed you. And, and so it, makes you, it draws you back to it more as well. I think. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, just uh, the, the dialogue is great and uh, the way that he reacts to things, the way he talks. And, and it's accurate what he does. So... The, the, his tool of choice for when he's doing his work is like just a mundane sort of B&Q hammer, which is kind of brutal. But again, you don't see much of it, which somehow makes it worse, which is impressive. And like each time he does it, you just see him buying a new hammer. And you go, yeah, you'd have to, because he's taking forensics into account. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like, oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm Lee, I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, I've forgotten his name, Taken guy. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. I'm Liam Neeson. I don't give a shit if the French police have my fingerprints over yeah. a thousand corpses because yeah. <laughs> I live in America and they'll never know that yeah. we're there. Uh, it's a guy who's like, he's acts of terrible violence but for a reason and he's yeah. not happy about having to do it yeah. and then he's like slowly putting things in little bags and wrapping it up and disposing yeah. of it carefully and sensibly and that makes it head you much harder because yeah. you go, this guy could be real. This is as close to real as a revenge yeah. film can get. Have you seen it? Uh, no, and I, I was tempted to watch it over the next few in in the run up to this. But sometimes when we do these top fives, I kind of like people selling them to me. Mm. Yeah. So that's what Pierre's doing now. It's if, it's fucking. There's a quote from Lynn Ramsey where like I liked it so much I looked up all these interviews and things with with Lynn Ramsey and she said she wanted to make it seem like his head was full of broken glass. And it was and great. That's nice. Pretty much the first sort of bigger budget Lynn Ramsey film. Like yeah. I, I think like you know the, the stuff that she'd done previously was. Generally yeah. set in the UK or Scotland, and was yeah, bleak. She's, she's from Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I love her films. For some reason, I, I haven't seen this yet, and and it was just really weird when I see that like she was making this sort of film with a huge, well, I imagine a huge budget, and Joaquin yeah. being yeah. in it as well. I was like, that's, that's amazing. But there's a technique that she uses for when he's like 
busting in somewhere and, and you know, doing his work, yeah. the, the camera cuts around. Like, you know when you see a CCTV feed, but yeah. it's one screen for four cameras yeah. and you're just on a timer? Yeah. yeah. does that. Brilliant. Regardless of whether or not the action is in shot or yeah. not, but you still have the audio. She right, so it's an amazing right. visual right, technique. Right. She made a film uh, about the CCTV operator in Glasgow. I can't remember oh, what it was called. Really? Well, then uh, that'll be part yeah, of the. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and she said in an interview that part of the reason she did that is because that's how you see it on the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever yeah, some horrible yeah. story gets reported. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so, so good. And. I read online that it got some ridiculous, like seven-minute standing ovation at Cannes or something. Or <laughs> really? Yeah, everyone's wow. freaking out over how great it is. And yeah. there's bits of it where, because the main character, uh, you have to work it out by implication. So he clearly used to be in the armed forces in some capacity, and then he seemed to have been in like the police or the FBI. Or there's a people smuggling element to his flashbacks. Where you go, oh, he had to deal with that at some point. That's where he has his skills again. You always have to justify it. Um, but it's like that's had a bad effect on him like that's not good yeah. that's why he's actually in this mess yeah. so it's the opposite of the convenience of Liam Neeson where he's yeah. like oh yeah no I used to kill people for the CIA <laughs> luckily because now that's coming yeah. handy it's like no 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 the reason that he's now doing this as a job is because his brain's fucked up from having to do that yeah. which is way more realistic and believable yeah. and, and you can empathize with him a lot more as a result whereas Liam Neeson you can't really empathize with a, yeah. a guy in his what in the taken? What is he in late fifties? Yeah, he must easily, be sort easily. of middle-aged killing Walking machine. Walking through all these yeah armed bodyguards and yeah. whatnot, just somehow stabbing people with the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I can't believe I've not got around to watching that film yet. Well, yeah. you've sold it's it to us, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fringe. I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe. I'll be at the Pleasance uh, under my own name, Pierre Novelli, and. Uh, sooner, actually, shockingly soon, I need to really start pushing this more. Uh, I'm doing the Soho Theatre. I'm doing last year's Edinburgh show. So 2018's Edinburgh show, which um, did very well and had lots of nice reviews and things. Uh, the 2nd of April to the 6th of April at the Soho Theatre in London, uh, 9.30pm. We'll push what, some why, shouts out for Why do comedians... Well? Yeah. Because like, it's really weird you said that. Yeah. Because I literally saw this morning... Brett Goldstein is doing last year's yeah. Edinburgh Fringe or, or last year's show yeah. for five nights at the Soho Theatre. That's it. Is, yeah. is, that, is this a comedian thing that like? Or, uh, well, so if you if you end up like winning an award or, or if you're quite sort of well known or whatever, then Soho will try and book you. So Edinburgh Fringe is in August. Soho will try and book you like before Christmas, say, so like October, November, yeah. know, a bit closer. But if you're like uh, Muggins here, where <laughs> Like I've done it for the past few years, so they, they trust me and they trust my output, but I'm not famous enough for them to do it before the show's done Edinburgh, if sure. you see what oh, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they want it, they don't want it fresh from you. Yeah. Yeah. If you're Stuart Lee or whatever, you can yeah. do a work in progress there. Yeah. They'll be like, hey, try new stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I need you know reviews and road yeah. tested. and yeah. So they know that by the time they're getting it, the show's been done so many times yeah. and da 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 uh, and but it gives people the opportunity who couldn't go up to Edinburgh yeah. to see it as well. Obviously. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But um, they're just this, there's so few spaces like the Soho Theatre in London for stand-up that there is this backlog where they're, they're doing comedians, Edinburgh shows from the year before, yeah. all the way from the day after Edinburgh up till, I think, even early June. 
in wow. some cases, which is a, it's weird because now I have to remember my old show while I'm in the middle of writing the new one. Right. So there's like a week of my life where I have to time travel and like, <laughs> hey, you know all that new stuff you're excited about doing because yeah, yeah. it's new and that's always fun. No, 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 no. Forget about that. Desperately try and remember <laughs> how you were funny last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I have recordings of uh, all the fringe ones, so I can sit and listen to myself. Like, um, <laughs> a lot of being a comedian is sitting and listening to hours of your own voice trying to do stand-up. And it's like you're an FBI agent trying to catch yourself. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Do you, do you Where catch, is this guy? Everyone on the train listening to that, then laughing and thinking, if anyone knew, if anyone I was knew laughing at, myself, at my own gags here. They'd take me out. The laugher. I'd the get, laugher. I'd get a sign in the back of the head. It's for your own good. You are aware that you sit That's on there I mean. and listen to yourself my, laughing. Brian caught me. <laughs> really? uh, caught me. Listen, because I was really nervous about a podcast that we'd done. Yeah. It was we do these drunk casts with Pip, and sometimes I get really out of control. No, 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 no. Sometimes you get really out. of control. Sometimes I get very out of control, okay. and I say things that are a bit close to the bone, okay. and I'm worried that they they overstep the mark. Yeah. So I remember what one day I was on the train with a mate and. He's a friend who talks a lot, and sometimes I just want to shut him out, and I thought, this is the perfect opportunity <laughs> to do that. So I was sat there listening to it, and then I started chuckling, and, and he was like, are you laughing at your own jokes? Oh, and I was like, I, I actually surprised myself. <laughs> and it's a bit like laughter and also massive nervous relief that yeah, like, the authorities aren't going to get called on me. Well, see, I have done it. When I, when I listen to my own stuff, I look like... Um, that scene in uh, where Clarice is listening to all the Hannibal Lecture interviews. <laughs> <laughs> just frowning with a pen and sort of going, oh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> well, we'll tag you on all the social medias when yeah, this comes please. out as well. And, uh, and then, obviously, we'll encourage all the listeners to go and, um, and follow you and check out your, your dates. And if they're not at the Fringe, then, obviously, as you said, you play three, four times a week. So I'll people can catch you around. Plenty of opportunities to catch you, mate. Yeah. And, and can I just shout a thousand... Uh, revenge movies out there as well because I, I had a list a long list okay that I just wanted to to get out there um, one for you Dead Man's Shoes I was mm. that was my only other one I was oh, going to mention oh really yeah um, The Crow yeah Old Boy Lady Vengeance yeah Gladiator that had, oh yeah that's a revenge film The Revenant and then you've got more horror movies like Last House on the Left uh -huh. where it ends with someone's head getting put in a microwave mm. but they deserve it yeah um, yeah so I had to throw do those shout outs solid, as well. Solid cool. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank buddy. you for having Thank me, guys. Thank you so much. Thank man. you so much. My pleasure. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that weren't weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast. And it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online. 
because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com There you have it. Another episode. He's a good lad, isn't he? We had a real good time. And uh, we was on a bit of a tight schedule because we had three podcasts that morning. And so uh, we didn't get to sort of hang out. Normally we, when we finish recording, we, we, we sit and hang out for ages and, and have a beer and, and, and chat with a guest. But there was a, a fast sort of turnover that day. And uh, and as literally, as we said, as soon as we finished that one, uh, waiting in the wings was um, Gal Porter to record our recent Patreon episode. And uh, so it was just a quick turnover. But um, thanks ever so much for listening to this episode. Please subscribe. Please go on iTunes and leave a comment and, and a rating. And yeah, if you see any tweets regarding this episode, and if you enjoyed this episode, then retweet them or like on the Instas. And oh, you know the drill. All the social media nonsense and, and all of that claptrap. Just give us a like, love, share, retweet, whatever it is. God, I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to leave you in peace. Thanks again, guys. See you next week. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.